Hello everybody, it's Chet Czar with another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Today's guest will be Stephen Russell Black, who's a great artist slash illustrator. Uh, I saw him, um, I've been a fan for his for a while, but I I've, uh, saw him at the... Uh, there's my that was my um alarm to interview Stephen Russell Black. <laughs> um I saw him at the Pasadena Tattoo Expo this weekend, which I did. I curated a small group show and I had my booth set up there and that was a great time. And uh lots of people, fun show, a lot of work, a lot of work doing these conventions. Um, those 12 hours, Saturday was a 12 hour day, so it's kind of a killer. So anyway, I saw Steven had a booth with another friend of mine, Tom Baxa, who's another really cool artist. And they were sharing a booth and I thought, Hey, let's have Steven on the show. And he said he would be into it. So I'm very happy to have him on. Cause like I said, I'm a huge fan of his work. And if you see it, I'm sure you, you will be as well. Uh, before we get started, let me read off some new Patreon supporters this month. So, uh, bef before I forget, um, okay, we got Jasmine Beckett Griffith. Thank you so much. She's a she's a great artist on Patreon as well. She's kind of the hero of Patreon because she earns a shitload of money on there. So, um, she's what we all aspire to. Thank you, Jasmine, and her, her work is great. I, I love it. Um, Linda Price, thank you so much. Let's see, we got a deletion, deleted, deleted. We've got a lot of deletes here, too. Um, Garrett Grossman, no, Gossman, sorry. Garrett Gossman, thank you for joining. I hope you enjoy it. S.A. Bradley, thank you. And that's it. So that's pretty good. Um, we had a little surge of Patreon supporters, so that was kind of cool. Anyway, um, it's a nice rainy day here at my home and a uh, perfect gloomy atmosphere to interview Stephen Russell Black. So um, let's get on with it. So I hope you enjoy this interview and thanks again for listening. How you hey, doing? <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm That's a big cool. fan, so yeah, oh. it was an honor. Oh wow, I'm a huge fan of yours. Your stuff is amazing. That painting oh, behind you is really great. Uh, I, I, I'm still. I've been picking at that for a while. Let me get a screen capture of that because that is nice. Okay, smile. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, yeah, so I, I, I was saying in the intro how how I saw you at the Pasadena Tattoo Ex or Golden State Tattoo Expo. Yeah. Um, oh, did I, I hope I didn't call it Pasadena Tattoo Expo on the intro. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, I saw you there with Tom Baxa, and uh, I thought, oh, I got to have Steven on the podcast. Yeah. So um, oh, we we had talked about it before, so that it's, I'm glad we finally. Uh... Yeah, yeah. It's just it's like there's so many 
great artists I want to interview that I, you know, a lot of, I have a list. I, you know, every time I think of someone, I put it on the list. You're on the list actually, but it's, there's so many um, artists now that are really good. That's like, I just forget, you know, it's like, I got to yeah. keep, keep track of them all. And then when you run into somebody, it's like, reminds you, but yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm just a huge fan of your work. I have to say from the outset, um, you don't, you don't do any shitty pieces. <laughs> like oh, I'll put good. once in a while, you know, I might put something out that I'm not that proud of, but everything you do is like totally solid. You know, you don't oh, put out any crap work. Um, you do you have a, what, so what's your background? Because you kind of have, you know, I guess you could say an illustration -y style in a bit. Uh, personally, I think the only difference between illustration and fine art really is, is how you, um, the context in which yep. you show it, really. That's the only and difference. Deadlines are, are somewhat different, but yeah, deadlines right. are just kind of kind of different. Right, right. Um, but well, my background yeah, is, what's, what's uh, was, background? is from illustration. Like, okay. uh, I went to school for illustration at Columbus College of Art and Design. So okay. the two two teachers that I really locked into were um, John Drew Palancar. Oh, no way. He was your teacher? Yeah, wow. yeah he was my teacher at uh, CCAD. And, I remember um, him from way back when. Yeah, so we still keep in touch, and he actually gave me my first illustration job was something that uh, for an annual report cover that he didn't want to do. <laughs> and, uh, he was like, "Do you want to do it?" So I did it. That's and, great, um, man. The other teacher was uh, Chris Payne, who does more like Time Magazine covers and like more editorial stuff. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's like uh, it's. It seems like if you want to be uh, a painter or kind of like a uh, more of a figurative artist illustration is probably better than than most of the fine art programs i from what i've heard from people that went to art school you know yeah. a, lot, a lot of a lot of the paint painting programs there's not well it might it may be different now but um seems like a while back when i was hearing about it it was more you know definitely when i got out of high school it was more like abstract and weird you know they weren't teaching you how to model forms and do anatomy properly and stuff like that I imagine yeah, for sure. I, I actually, like I think, I think it's better now. But I think, like when I was in school, um, we were kind of at the end of that. Or I heard professors complain about mm. that being the case, and we had a little more um, figurative stuff and realism, and that was like a little more accepted, but still not quite in right. galleries and things as much. Yeah, um, I know. Like at the time, like Palancar showed at Arcadia, but they showed like one piece, like one month or something. Like he wasn't there every, you know, consistently really? each year. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and they're all about that now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a change for the better. That's for sure. Um, a, a lot of the artists I, I really like are, have an illustration background. You know, I just, I've always liked stuff that was, I don't know, illustration-y, I guess. My own personal taste. But um, what are you working on right now? Are, are you, are you, I mean, in general, are you, are you doing, do you do a lot of illustration work still or are you um no so that's funny it's like i feel like i never really did it i mean i would do it here and there but yeah. I, I don't i never felt like i was good enough to like be doing it consistently really and now that i'm at the point where i feel like my stuff is good enough and people are asking me for things i'm like ah, i don't want to do it <laughs> excellent <laughs> so how long have you been kind of doing full-time fine art has it been the whole time really um no it's just the last five years that i got serious so i was okay. kind of doing kind of um you know, uh, working in comic, I would do a comic book cover here and there. I would do like some illustration for somebody. Um, I'd work for um, the Farmer's Almanac for kids, like just whatever job, like kind of popped in. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I wasn't, I never got like super serious about it until like when I hit 35 and then I was like, uh, I just want to do the, my, what I want to do and yeah. I don't want for anybody else. And I just want to do the fine art stuff. Yeah. That's about that. I, I was 33. So that, that's, that's around the age I decided to, to get out of it. Um, comic books covers don't pay very well, do they? No, no, no. <laughs> and in fact, like now that I, I like the only way it works out well for people, I feel like is uh, like someone like James Jean, where the the comics are really only advertising for people to come give them real cash on their fine art. Uh, oh, right, 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 right. Because you only get so much for the cover, but the comic book collectors like um, respect the original art, so they'll come pay you way more for the originals than you ever got for the right, the, yeah, the job. It's more like a long-term strategy, I suppose, than than uh, doing it for the quick cash, you know. Sure. And then there's there's guys also like Mark Ryden who would do those like sympathy for the recording industry like covers. Right. And those those didn't pay great either, but they were amazing advertising right. for people to come check out his stuff. That's true. That's a good point. And then doing pages, I I heard that is terrible pay. Pages are terrible. I, I never did those. Yeah. I mean, I always wanted to do them just for fun, but you know, if I'm gonna do it for that little money i would just do my own yeah you know <laughs> it's those uh those phil hale covers that i always loved oh like, yeah, yeah 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 he is he's, he's amazing I, I i don't hear much from him lately do you is he doing uh, a lot of work he's doing a lot more fine art now yeah but i um, I, I never a lot see... of collaged they're, they're these odd uh, sort of collaged reference references and then he makes giant paintings out of those collages oh really yeah What's is he posting them on his Instagram or something? A um, couple of shows in London. He, he does post them on Instagram, but in, fairly infrequently. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. great, man. That dude's amazing. I actually have uh, my friend Walt gave me a, a fill. It's behind me in the. Uh, I'm, I'm going to grab it. I'll show okay, you. Yeah, go for it. Off the screen, grab this too. I don't know. Oh it's yeah, one of those, yeah. One of those death heads. Yeah, scoot, can you yeah. scoot it over to, towards you? Towards you more? There you go. Oh, there you go. Uh, it's a little dark. Wait a minute. Yeah, it's super dark. It's yeah. Sorry, it's but um, it's those, that series of death heads yeah, that he did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There was a there's a ton of them. But. Yeah, I saw those at um my friend Adam's house from Tool. Adam Jones. He, he oh yeah. Had, yeah, I think he had like four of them there. Yeah, those things are great because they're like black and then kind of wiping away the highlights. Yeah, so they're right? they're all kind of like like sort of faces and like sort of skulls so he painted the whole thing black and then wiped it away and then painted back into it and yeah yeah they're fun it's a great technique Never. i could have never afforded one but like uh my friend walt had like three or four of them oh, that's game. cool yeah <laughs> that's great that's how that's uh, most of my artwork is from trades or you know trades with other artists i can't really afford to buy a lot yeah of i have myself. actually have a um an original john Drew palancar but i only wow. got it because because John gave it to me. <laughs> uh, it was like me and my friend Eric Fortune. You probably know Eric. Yeah, Fortune. yeah, he's great. Um, we used to live to Ohio, in Ohio together, and um, well, not together, but we used to live in Ohio. We used to go to John's house for these like barbecues on the weekend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so he called us one weekend and was like, "Can you help me move?" And so we we're like, "Okay." And like we went down and we helped him move all day. And at the end of the day, he pulled out these two boxes. One was a box of drawings, and one was a box of paintings. Mm -hmm. uh, he was like, you could each pick one from each box, but if you start fighting about them, you get nothing. And so <laughs> we, we had we flipped through and like decided on which ones we would get. Oh, that's amazing. So I have a drawing and a painting. Excellent. Wow, you're lucky, lucky man. So you're where from? Where in Ohio are you from? Originally from Cambridge, but I lived in Columbus like seven years before I moved to California. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, do you have the, the, the typical art kid story of, you know, drawing since you were a little kid and all that stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. But the, I was trying to think back of like when the creepy stuff started. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a little kid, like riding my bike to the um, like a couple. We we lived in this really small town, but like a mile away uh, was this little used bookstore in like a, a more of a college town. Mm-hmm. So I would ride my bike to this bookstore and buy like old horror novels. Mm, yeah. And the one the one that I loved the most was The Stand. Oh yeah, that's such a. And great so it one. had the it had the Bernie Wrightson illustrations that yeah. were just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the first time I got hooked on um, the idea of uh, things being really beautiful, but also really creepy at the same time was just this, like, those two things together are, like, what I love. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm so glad that you're kind of part of this dark art movement because you're you're, uh, painting at such a high level. Technically that, and and that's really what we need. We need, we need these kind of, I think to, to help legitimize the whole dark art movement is people that are kind of specializing in dark stuff that, that have the chops to do it like as good as any painter, like any people that paint fruit and stuff, you know, like the portrait, you know, or like the great, uh, academic guys like, uh, um, uh, Jeremy like a, Lipking or oh, yeah. Sean Cheatham, like those guys are sort of the, the the high bar. So I, you know, we need as many people, I think, in the movement that are that good uh, at painting, but doing kind of dark stuff. So I'm I'm very very happy that you're doing what you're doing. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you're a Stephen King fan, huh? Yeah, oh, I love it, and um, I never got to meet Bernie Wrightson, but I actually um, last year. Um, his wife bought two drawings from me and I got to meet her at Monster Palooza. So that was like a really special oh, cool, uh, cool. thing. And she didn't even know, like I was a huge fan. And like, so after she bought the work, I was like, I have, I would like, I have to tell you like, you know, my story about yeah. the bookstore and buying the stuff. And like, that's why I love creepy things is like Bernie's, Bernie's work. So it that's, was awesome. Yeah, that's great. I didn't get to meet him either. I had, um, I know people who, a lot of people that know him, I just never had a chance to meet him. It's a bummer bummer that he died he's always around it i know i know his son does uh, special effects oh that's uh, right yeah i don't know stuff. if i've ever met him either but i've heard about him yeah his, his son does makeup effects which is a trip um so did you you went to art college and, yeah columbus college of art and design and, uh, back in ohio and that was good sounds like you that had was, good teachers you know yeah like it was really really killer teachers um I think business-wise, they didn't really do too much. So I had like a strong academic, like strong drawing, um, strong color sense. All mm. those kind of things were like craftsmanship, really, really high. But I kind of got out and was like, I don't know what to do. Like I don't know how do I how do <laughs> right. I make money off this thing. Well, what what, so, y- what year was that? That you that was like two thousand. Okay, so that's like the internet wasn't even what it is now. So they didn't even no one knew back then that what it was going to become at, at this point. You know? Yeah. So. I feel like I didn't like also like not really getting serious until 35 is like by that time things had kind of come to me like you know back in the day when I graduated you'd have to like uh, we would drive to New York and try to look for illustration jobs and right yeah, or, yeah. Chicago, or we'd drive to Chicago fly to Chicago or drive over to Chicago and like go look at studios and try to like get work from them and stuff like that but right. these days you know everything <laughs> comes to you like you can just be anywhere and make stuff and, and put it out into the world yeah yeah that's the that's the great that's why we put up with all the bullshit on social medias for for those benefits you know <laughs> um so 
Do, uh, are, what galleries are you showing at? Are you showing in any galleries or? Yeah, so um, I showed at Copro with Alan. Mm, uh, back that's right. in the personal yeah. gap show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to do another show with them uh, in June for the Seven Deadly Sins. Oh, yeah. I'm in that too. Yep. What's your uh, sin? I got envy. Oh, you bastard. That was why I was going to, I was going to, uh, I think you got the last envy and I was going to go with, oh yeah, we talked about this at the, at the yeah. show. Yeah. I think you got the last envy. And so I ended up going with pride. So that's going to be such a fun show. <laughs> yeah. That'll be great. It'll be great. Um, Chris always puts a great show on Chris Velasco. Yeah. But those shows are amazing. And then like when I got invited, it was like, it's like that Copro and like, um, a few other guys were like really high on my list of places I wanted to show. So yeah, I'm yeah. So happy to be in there. Yeah, that's great. And then I'm also the, another one that was high on my list that I got this year is um, Bianart. Oh know if yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. John Bian. Bianart, Bianart, I think. Bianart. <laughs> yeah, so I'm showing with him uh, this year as well. Oh, excellent. When? Um, that is. Is it a, a solo um, show? No, it's a it's a group show in okay. uh, June first. Cool. I've got a small solo show around the same time there, somewhere cool. b- b- right before, right after, I think. Um, At John's gallery. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. Oh, go. nice. I'm not going out there though. I'm too. Yeah. Too tired. <laughs> too tired to make a 20 hour flight. That's yeah. How many pieces are you doing for the show? Uh, I don't know. Maybe like they're all gonna be 11 by 14s because you have to. Shipping okay. to Australia is so expensive. So um, that's a great size, though. I've been painting a lot of paintings that size. Yeah. It's just, it seems like it seems just big enough to to feel kind of important, but not right. not too small to feel like a study or something like too small. Yeah, and they're and they're easy to sell, easier to sell at that size. I find. I mean, I don't have and any eleven by fourteens left. I don't think. Yeah, but, but I've got you know I've got a couple thirty by forties, and I love painting large, but. It just, yeah. you know, I it doesn't make sense if you can't sell it. So, but it looks, it's a much better experience in the gallery to have that larger. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that is, that's worth not selling it, you know, yeah. to make a big impression at a show like that. Yeah. Know? And they're, you know, oftentimes I, when I do something kind of smaller and I'm like, oh, I'll do a couple of study or smaller pieces for a show because it's easier to ship or, or, that sort of thing, and I go a little like smaller than I would have wanted to. Mm-hmm. Then you see the you see the show online. And you're like, oh, I made like a little postage stamp, and I, <laughs> I know. Going, like real big, like yeah, that's something to consider when you're, especially when you're in a group show with other artists or a big show with a lot of artists. You kind of you know, it, it kind of pays to do large, impressive pieces because you have to stand out, especially if it's a lot of really good yeah. artists. You know, that are that are of several small pieces, like a few. Right. Um, doing a couple of big ones or if you're doing like several small, cause when John asked me to do the show, um, in his Australia gallery, like I was like, well, the cost of shipping is the most expensive part of the endeavor. So how about I ship you multiple pieces instead of just one piece so that right. it costs, cuts down on shipping for the one time. And, and he, he liked that idea. So yeah, I'm going to ship them a few pieces. That's cool. You can always <clears throat> do some deal where they frame them out there as well. Cause you know, the frame is what adds all the bulk. Yeah. Uh, I can't really do that with mine cause he wants he wants one of those the the oval frame I sculpted. I don't know if you saw it's like a weird oval. Yeah. So I'm gonna have everything framed in that. Um so you are uh you're you're in uh, in San Rafael. Yeah, uh, San Rafael. It's I mean it's pretty close. It's the just a little north of San Francisco. Okay. So how's the art scene up there? Yeah. 
are you showing there? Or, uh, I don't. I haven't been showing around here. I usually show in LA, which is weird. Huh. Uh, we always drive down to LA for shows and stuff, but um, or I'll ship stuff down if I can't make mm-hmm. it uh, for the actual show. But um, I am showing um, this year at a place called Spoke. Okay. Um, yeah. For the the eighth annual supersonic show um, that Zach Tudor puts on, so that's kind of be like one of the first times I show in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was curating some small shows um, a couple of years ago with uh, Alan and some people that were friends around the area. Alan's up there too. Store. No, he used to live in Alameda and he moved uh, away. Oh, last okay, year. okay. But um, that was it. Was awesome when he was here. But yeah, um, yeah. we found a little bookstore that specialized in uh, fantasy and horror only. Oh, cool. And so we would we would just put on these little group shows uh, and uh, that were super fun. They would they would take very little percentage of our profits because they just really enjoyed like having a big scene like happen at their bookstore. Oh, cool! So that was fun. Yeah. But yeah. other than those shows we put on ourselves, I didn't really show around here. I always show in New York or LA. Okay. Was is there are there any artists you hang out with up there, or is there any like community of? I don't. You know what's funny is actually listening to your podcast with uh, Shane Isaac House. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh well, I should hang out with that guy. Like that's a, that's, that's right. like a person I have stuff in common with. So like realizing he was in SF, which I didn't realize. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's super cool, super before, nice guy. Or maybe I did, but yeah. Well, there you go. You, you hear that, Shane? There's a message uh, in a podcast for you from Stephen Russell Black. Go hang out with him. <laughs> So you're kind of, you know, doing the solitary artist life up in San Rafael, huh? Yep. And are you getting, um, doing commission work or? I do do commission stuff. Um, once, just once in a while on that when, um, it's something that I would want to kind of do anyway. Okay. Um, But at this point, at this point people are coming to me because they, you know, they want the kind of work that I'm making. Right. Yeah. So are you, um, how are you? Uh, how how do you make most of your money? Since most of the people who listen to the show are artists and aspiring artists, are you doing merch from your website? I know you got really cool books that you publish yourself um, that are really well designed. That's part of it. I do I do a Kickstarter one, like about once a year for to put those books together, okay. um, and then I'm traveling to uh, shows and comic cons and things and selling prints and the books and that stuff. But I also still have a day job. So oh no um, way! I didn't know that. Yeah. No, I know a lot of people are surprised by that, but I, I still work as a, I'm a graphic designer. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that's why your books look so good then. You're a graphic oh, designer. <laughs> are you work? Do, are you able to work from home or your studio, or do you have to go in somewhere? Or are you no, like a I freelancer. Go, no, I'm not a freelancer. I go into the office, but um, I'm. Uh, it's only a mile away from my house, so like it's oh, super cool. easy to just. Talk. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't realize that. That's uh, that's surprising because you're you know. You're so amazing as, a, as an yeah. artist. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Do you have a yeah? Pl- no, are you I, have a pl- one day I hope to I hope to uh, do a full time. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've been trying what five years? You said to kind of yeah. yeah. So it took me seven before I got laid off. So I I probably would have kept going if I didn't get laid off and done both. You know. For, yeah, well, for it's expensive longer. to live in California in general, and it's crazy expensive to live here in the North Bay. So it's like yeah. I uh, bet just a little more comforting to have the, the steady day, day gig. Yeah. Yeah. So when do you, when are you painting? Like so a, I get up, I have like this super rigorous schedule that everybody thinks is kind of crazy, but I, I get up at four forty or 5am. Wow. 
uh, I eat breakfast, grab a quick shower, and then I'm at the easel by uh, 5 30, 6 o'clock. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I paint until 8. And then I run down the street to work, <laughs> uh, working on graphic design. Uh, and then I come home and I draw in the evenings. Wow. So I paint every morning for two to three hours and then I, I draw in the evenings. That's amazing. That's that's um, discipline right there. But I guess if that's, I mean, I was never able to do the early thing when I was working, but I would paint at night every night when I got home and on the weekends pretty much. Um, so I guess when you when you have no other choice, you do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I got to do it when I can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and I'm always carrying the, like I had them at the uh, tattoo show as well. I, I draw a piece of foam core. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, has the board taped down to it. So it's super light, but sturdy. And I carry it around with me. So I actually carry it to work and like I'm, I carry it around them. So I'm drawing all the time, like whenever I have a minute, uh, just to kind of fit more stuff in. Wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm super excited for the day when I can pull the plug on that day gig because I already have the work ethic. Right. So I'm just like, if I had eight more hours to paint, like that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you ever have times where you've gotten laid off or anything and you've, or vacation time where you've been able to? Uh, yes, yes and no, but I usually take the vacation time to, um, pay to go to shows. Like, so if I have a show, like, you know, when I go to Monster Palooza, I'll take off that like Thursday, Friday and Monday and then be there for the weekend. Right. Um, You you got a booth at Monster Palooza this year? Yeah. Yeah. You've been doing it. How how long have you been doing it? This is going to be my fourth year. Oh, cool. Yeah. You do well at that show? That's the best show of the year. Yeah. That's a great, great show. Have you ever done designer con? I haven't, but it's on my list of stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good. It's really funny though that there, the, all of these shows are in that same Pasadena Convention Center. Yeah, right. But, but they, yeah, <laughs> it's great for me because I'm like 15 minutes away from there. So yeah. Um, but they moved. They're in uh, Anaheim now, which is like yeah, way down there. So that are you of, are you doing DesignerCon? I don't know. I don't know because that's like you know. I, then I have to. I can't really drive home at night because it's like an hour away i guess i could yep. but so i might have to rent a room and that's just more expense you know i try and do the sh- shows as cheaply as possible totally i've know. been doing uh, airbnbs for shows when i travel oh, um, that's a good idea so it's a little less expensive does that work out working out for you so far it's great and then you meet like odd people and yeah. stuff and it's <laughs> fun like that's cool uh, yeah, they see the kind of stuff you're doing, and they're like, "Oh shit, who did I just rent?" I, to? I usually don't. Sh- I usually <laughs> do not. Sh- I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, I'm just in town for a show. Or a <laughs> yeah, I'm an artist. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, your yeah. stuff, your stuff, your stuff is pretty dark. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's uh, it's uh, I don't know. You strike a really good balance of beauty and gross darkness in a lot of your pieces yeah, that's, you know that's the goal so i'm glad people are picking up on on the prettiness of it as well yeah yeah well there's it's i always tell people it's like that um that um chef thing you know where they take like anybody can cut uh, like make like a nice filet and it tastes great but if they can take awful and, and right. like, this is so delicious <laughs> yeah so right. i love that like if, if you paint a beautiful woman everybody goes oh it's beautiful right but right. if I can paint a severed head and someone's reaction is still, oh, that's beautiful, then I've succeeded. Yeah, right. I'm, I feel exactly the same way. It's like a lot of, um, you know, Giger, for example. His, some of his stuff is so gross and creepy, but so beautiful. It's just, yeah. and that to me is kind of, it's, I don't know, that's what I'm always striving for. That's the, that's Those are like, the two great tastes that taste great together. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> 
is the yes. beauty and the creepy. Yeah, the things yeah. I love. Yes, I'm, I'm so with you. And of course, since you are since you are a dark artist and you like the creepy stuff, you're also super nice guy, very mild mannered, not some crazy satanic worshiping psycho. No, I'm the most vanilla dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, oftentimes it shows before people like know what I look like. I, they I, they usually come up and they go, "Oh, I follow this person, this artist online," or you know, like, and then they look around and they go, "Is this so? Is he? <laughs> Are you repping you know, him?" <laughs> right, right. They don't fit. So like, is this? Is, and I'm like, no, this is me. That's me. Because <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't fit there what they think, what they have in mind of what what I'm supposed to look like. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Most most of the artists are like. You know, kind of normal, cool, nice people in this scene. It's it's pretty cool. There's a there's a few that um, uh, kind of dress the part, but which is yeah. cool cool with me. It's just um, uh, you know, for the most part, everyone's and even the people that kind of dress the part are still really down to earth and cool and yeah. You know, it's because we get our I, stuff. I don't want to mention I don't want to mention names, but I, there's some people that uh, totally I'd walk by their booth and they would have this look. Right, dressing the part, and I'd be like, "Well, I kind of didn't take them seriously because I, just because my mind frame of like the I'm not supposed to be showy. The work is supposed to be the most important thing, and so I'd be like, "Well, they can't, you know, they can't possibly be serious, like you know, with this making this show of themselves or whatever." Uh, And then my my girlfriend had brought back the work of this of this person. She's look at look at these drawings; they're amazing. And so I was like, "Oh, they are amazing." And then I went and I was like, "Oh, it's that person that I judged, like we judged, like they're amazing, like so." Yeah, it's yeah. either way. You, both ways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you got to judge the art. It's it's all about the art. And you know, um, you you mentioned I I uh, was listening to an interview of yours. You mentioned being a fan of Dolly, and Dolly was all about showmanship, and yeah. he was a great painter. You yeah. Know? So you can do both, and it's probably yeah, yeah. S- smart to do both. But um, I, I just feel so got, subconscious trying to be I, that person. Yeah, that I, I know. Just can't, like, I know. Same here. It's like <laughs> when when I see people um, dress like that, it's like I think it's you know it's kind of cool. I, I kind of wish I could do it, but I just can't do yeah. it. I can't do it. Like uh, Liz, you know Liz Lopez. She was. At, she I was do at know the, Liz. And and she always dresses up, and she looks amazing. She's got this yeah. sh- crazy, such cool. No, that's that's a, that's a person who looks the part. Yeah, but, but also she's, her work is amazing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's kind of on one hand, I can I can say you know, why not? You know, it's it's yeah. it's, it's 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 about selling the work, and if that's who you really feel like, that's how, how you should per- portray yourself. But you know, I feel like a slob kind of so it's like i feel like you know if i were to to do that it wouldn't be true to myself because i'm like from pedro and i'm just like this long come from a longshoreman town and that's just who i am and it's like we just don't really dress up so i I, it's important to be honest and be real and i think i think a lot of people that even dress the part are you know um doing it because that's how they feel and that's who they Mm -hmm. are so that's cool you know yeah. So, so it's, uh, it's I'm, a, I'm just way more comfortable being the wizard behind the curtain than right. like being out in the. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of artists are like that. I remember, uh, my friend Cam DeLeon was, would always use that analogy as well. Like he didn't want to, it's all about the art. And, yep. uh, but you know, nowadays marketing is marketing yourself is kind of important, you know? So, uh, 
you could even market that aspect of yourself as being like super normal looking and you know you could use that as a marketing tool in a way yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> it's no, like, my, my friends always say that um yeah, that i'm just i'm creepy on the inside <laughs> i love that <laughs> yeah. that's great that's great so um were, were you when you were doing artwork as a kid were you always doing the creepy stuff were you always drawing monsters or were you know, drawing cars or I was always drawn like whatever comics and animation okay. stuff were popular, like G.I. Joe, Transformers, that kind of stuff. You're like but I was 40, gravi- 40 years old? Yeah, I just okay. turned 40 last year. Okay. Um, but I always gravitated towards the villains. Oh, right? okay. Yeah, right. So you're like, you know, you watch G.I. Joe and like, I love Destro and like, uh, <laughs> you know, Serpentor and like Cobra Command. Like, I like the bad guys. Right. Like, no way cooler, right? Uh, yeah. And, like, Megatron and, you know, it's like, that's those characters are way more yes. fun than the, it's so funny that you mentioned that because I, I um I've been thinking about that lately. I'm like ten years older than you, so all my stuff was in the seventies, whereas your stuff was like in the eighties, I guess. Yeah. Eighties and early nineties. Yeah, eighties, early nineties, and I was like seventies you know, mid seventies, early eighties. And um I look back on the you know, stuff that like uh god uh jesus christ superstar you ever see jesus christ superstar the movie no uh yeah i know what you're talking about it's it's really it's really great but i kind of grew up with that movie and and um even though i you know i like jesus in the movie jesus is super cool in that movie (laughs) um the the caiaphas the bad guy is like so cool i always thought he was like super cool looking and yeah. Um, that movie Tommy. You ever see Tommy by the Who? That I haven't seen that. that. That's a really weird psychedelic movie. But there's a this. Um, it's weird too. But there's this one of the characters is called Cousin Kevin, and he basically tortures Tommy. He's deaf, dumb, and blind. He, he goes through this series of trials. It's a musical rock opera thing, mm-hmm. and um, I always thought like, oh, he's so cool. Like, <laughs> it's like, what, like was He Man part of your? Or was that no, He Man was after oh. He Man was like my kids got He Man, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's that's I that one's a great it. example. It's like who I don't care about He Man at all. The Skeletor, is oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. It's 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 so true. It's a it's weird, right? It's it's really a trippy thing because you know I was never ever into torturing i was always super the opposite of that i was like you know i saw a bird someone shot a bird with a bb gun and i started crying and it just fucked me up for so long and i didn't get fight and i didn't like to hurt people but it was like the villains for some reason i always kind of identified with them i don't know why that is yeah do you know why that is (laughs) they're always the underdog too right so i'm always rooting for like the Underdog, I, and they're just cooler looking. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're they're. That's why I like the dark stuff. It's more interesting to me. Yeah. It's there's 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 so much more. Um, I don't know. There's more material. I mean, it's. I guess it's just our taste, but it it feels to me like dark stuff is much more interesting. There's more material to work with, and um, you know, like I always bring up the uh, Hieronymus Bosch Garden of Earthly Delights. It's like mm-hmm. nobody talks about. The only thing part of that triptych that anybody talks about is the hellscape, you right. know, the hell part of it. And it's, you know, it's uh, imaginative. I don't know. It seems like it's the, the dark stuff is really where all the imagination is. I just, I feel limited when I'm, I've tried to do things for maybe earlier in my career that were not 
dark oriented, maybe for themed group shows and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like very limited when when I yeah. can't, when I don't have my dark toolkit. I feel like to it also from. sets the tone for things to be serious too. Mm -hmm. And I and I was never a fan of like funny like or humor in the work and mm -hmm. in artwork at all. Like I always I always wanted it to be taken seriously because I loved comics, and I loved animation, I loved that stuff, but. I always wanted it to be taken more seriously and it was always like, Oh, it's just a comic. It's just, a right, yeah, and yeah. I felt like when I started like embracing more of the surrealism and, and like dark art and that kind of stuff, it's like, Oh, well it already sets a tone of being like, no, this is a serious yeah, that's true. Like, thing right off the bat. Like that's true. I never thought it also that. leads out. And then it would also weed out like, um, have you ever been in a room and like, you're having a conversation and there's like the, the obnoxious guy who doesn't have a social boundary and they just kind of say whatever. Uh huh. And it kind of thins the herd, right? Some people kind of like um, move away from the conversation. Uh -huh. But the people, who, the people who stay and are left, uh, the conversation goes real deep real fast. And it's like way more interesting than the right. conversations you would have had with those people that were hanging around before. Yeah, yeah, I so agree. So I, like, yeah. I feel like dark art kind of does that. It sets the tone of like, okay, this is the, this, we're going here now. Like, yeah. If you're still on board, let's have a dialogue. Like, yeah. Let's have a nice, nice conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, I've always felt like it's sort of an asshole detector in a way too, because if someone can get past the uh, initial, I don't know, shock of seeing some dark art and still be able to look at the painting and consider it, they're probably kind of like a cool person, you know, like a yeah, have a little more depth. Seems like people that don't like it in general, and that's not always true, but a lot of people just won't even consider it. Because yeah. it's like, eh, it's ugly, and that's it. And that's kind of like a shallow viewpoint, a shallow, shallow perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah. I used to have this um, this um, thing I would do socially, this bullshit detector thing, where if you were out drinking with someone late at night, that bar is going to close, but we had a goth club in town that would stay open until 4 in the morning. Uh -huh. So things start dwindling down later in the night, and I would just throw out there, hey, how about going to Outlands? And you know, if, if someone was like, oh, oh, you know, if they reacted like in a really negative way, I'd be like, OK, I just don't need to hang out with you ever again. Like, <laughs> like I'll just I can just write you off. And then who's who's with me? Who's staying? Like, yeah, all right, those people are fun and cool. And like, all right. Right. Well, yeah, I, I really like, um, you know, I like when anybody likes my artwork. But when I see people that really like my artwork, but they look they don't look the part at all. Like you would never guess they were into dark art. That's when yeah. those, I kind of appreciate that the most. Kind of like you really, you know, <laughs> you don't look the part. Right. And so it's like, <laughs> I always feel like, uh, I don't know. It's something, those people like that, I, 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 I don't know. There's something like a, a, re very rewarding when I can strike a chord and someone who's like normal looking, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a little bit. Wow, I must be doing something if I'm getting through. Or to me, it also says that the person is is uh, uh, open minded and cool, and they don't have to show people on the surface. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I dark art just works on so many levels for me. I just you know, I got nothing bad to say about it. <laughs> yeah, I think, that, and I think the fans of that of the work are also a lot more sophisticated too. Like when I would do a combo cover, I would just hear like, Oh, that's awesome. Or like, you know, and it would be like the surface, right. like cool or awesome, like whatever the word was. Right. 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 But, um, I feel like way more, um, in the fine art gallery, like in the, at Copro or different like galleries where they're showing the, the, um, 
if I bump into someone, I talk to somebody who's at the show, like the, the level of, um, like their appreciation of the work is like way higher They're right. like way more, um, introspective and like, kind of like breaking, like, um, trying to decipher the piece and, and mm-hmm. they're, they're interested in like the handling of the paint and the craftsmanship and the, you know, right. they talked about all of those things and I'll be like, Oh, you know, you, and you kind of think like, Oh, well they must be a painter. I'm like, Oh, you're painting. They're like, no, I just really love this stuff. And so I'm like, yeah. oh, it's, always great to, it's always great to hear that they have that kind of appreciation level. Yeah. Yeah. For things. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I found that the vast majority, I like, I can't even think of any buyer that I've had or collector that has bought a painting of mine that I'm aware of for a, a like a um, an investment. That's yeah. one thing I find out about the people that are into dark art. They were totally into it. Like every, I you know when, when I'm sell, trying to sell stuff, I'll always kind of throw that in. You know, art's a good way to invest your money. You know, you're put it's gonna increase in value if you pick a good artist and they continue to grow their career. It's just gonna gain value, and ninety nine. Point actually, a hundred percent of the time, people are like, "I'm never going to sell it," so it doesn't yeah. matter really. That's not a selling point for me, and it's because they're just totally into it. It's weird, yeah. You know, I don't know why that is, but it just seems like the fans of of the dark stuff are super hardcore. You know, maybe because it's more of a uh, kind of cult underground thing, so it's not you know not in the mainstream quite. So it's yeah. You know, people tend to be people that are into cult stuff tend to really be into it. You know, totally. Yeah. So, I also love the idea of the the object being the relic. Like, there's this whole experience going on, and usually when you experience the work, it's like um, you're looking at that JPEG online, and you're kind of seeing what people, and you're watching it while it's being made, and that kind of stuff. But I still love the actual physical that there's this thing that somebody mm-hmm. sweated over the yeah. relic of the relic of their life or of their process, and yeah. 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 I, I, um, to me, the painting, you know, it's, I don't know how, how you feel about it, but I feel like it's the, the process is what, for for me, what it's all about. And the painting is just like, this represents the fun I had or the struggle I had, the process. And I don't spend a lot of time looking at my own work or admiring it once it's done. It's, yeah. It's, it's like, I'm, you know, I just want to paint something else. So it's all about the process for me. And then I'm, I'm generally kind of happy to see it go just so I can paint yeah. some more, you know, I'm always, ha- I'm happy to see it go. Cause in a few months, I'm not going to be as excited. Like <laughs> not, that it's, not that it's not like, not that it lost something for me, but just that like, I'm always like moving forward. Right. And I like, I, you know, I only see the mistakes in it like a couple months later. Right. Whereas yeah, yeah. I, I might've been super happy with it at the time. And then like, you know, this is the best thing I can make. And then like a couple months later, I'd be like, oh, well, I just see all the flaws. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of just want everything to sell. I don't know if you keep anything like that you've made like through, um, like intentionally. Yeah. Are the pieces that you've kept like, I, yeah, I try to, I recently, I recently, there was one that I was keeping that pad for a long time and I, I sold it because the guy paid a lot for it. Like, so yeah. I, I had, it was so much that I had to pay. I had to sell it <laughs> even though I didn't really want to. Um, but I do have some larger pieces cause they're harder to sell. Um, but you know, I have a lot of pieces I wish I hung on to, <laughs> Yeah, you know, like black magic original painting would have been cool to hold on to, but sure. you know, that, that was 
I paid my mortgage that month, you know, so there you go. I had to do it. But yeah, I, I got back um, actually some pieces that were in that show, the little show I curated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got back from a gallery that had this stuff for like nine years. Oh wow! And um, I I still love the paintings, but I, I want to. I'm looking at them now, and I'm like, I want to paint on them. And I just, <laughs> I I would love to change things on them, but I they're so old at this point. I just I don't I don't know. I feel weird doing it. They're from like 2009. Yeah. But well, well, that's like, um, with like older paintings where, you know, in the, in the museum when they restore them and stuff and they realize that they find other figures and stuff right, like yeah, underneath yeah, the paint yeah. and stuff. So it could be <laughs> kind of cool to paint it back on top of, of something. That's true. I, I did it actually. Another painting that was in that show I did in 2013 and it never, I was never really happy with it when I put it, it was for a last right show. And so I did go back into it. That was the first time, I think, that I've ever done that and kind of fixed it up and got it to where I was happy with it. And uh, I felt pretty good about that because that painting wasn't like, because I wasn't totally happy with it, I didn't push promote it a lot. So not a lot of people have seen it. So it's still kind of like a new painting. But um, Frazetta used to do that too, I heard. He would go, yeah, he'd go in and (laughs) <laughs> and paint and his wife would be like no don't do that yeah <laughs> and, you know it's gone this original is gone forever because he wanted to paint over he couldn't deal with it you know yeah <laughs> when you when you're working on stuff do you start um do you kind of start with a sketch and then like do a more finished drawing and then go from there or um yeah yeah pretty i mean i start i usually start with a sketch that one i that one i was live painting at yeah. the show i just did that because it was no time and i just wanted to do that because I haven't done that in so many years but I do a sketch and I don't usually do a good drawing of it I usually go from sketch to um, little painted studies mm-hmm. and then those are kind of like my more refined drawings in a way and then and then and then I go to a painting yeah what about you same kind of traditional thing of like a I, I keep this little um, moleskin notebook in my pocket mm-hmm. and so I'm always coming up with little uh, pen and ink uh, little little um, like thumbnails thumbnails yeah just kind of yeah or jotting down ideas and mm-hmm. then I'll take one of those and make a more refined drawing and then um, transfer that over and do a painting so I get to kind of sell the drawing and then sell the painting yeah, yeah. so it like makes a whole ecosystem of of absolutely stuff. <laughs> but the other thing I do in the drawings and I I've been too scared to do in the paintings mm-hmm. is that it's more of like that Dali system of like automatic drawing where you kind of start something and then you let it turn into something else mm-hmm. and I think initially that's what got like a lot of traction on social media for me was I would I would try I would show them in the morning where it would just be this, what I call the science fact of the science fiction, because it would just be like a head or something that was pretty normal. Mm-hmm. And later in the afternoon, I would cut into it. I would, I would like um, have it. It would grow things. It would, the, the monstrous part of it would happen later in the afternoon. Yeah, that's cool. That's a cool and then later that evening, I'd finish and put it up for sale. And that kind of kept people coming back because they would see it in the morning and then see like they'd want to come back in the afternoon to see what happened yeah. to it. Um, I was doing those one a day for that's like great- seventy five days in a row, and it was and wow. then I kind of burnt out. That's a great idea, though. Not only from an artistic perspective, but from a marketing selling standpoint, it's it's very it, that's the kind of uh, the kind of forward thinking that you need to do with social media. You know, there's because it's 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 such a, a new medium that that the rules aren't. I mean, there's there are a lot of rules to make things work, but ideas like that, you know, there's 
a million of them that we haven't thought of yet. You know, just stuff, yeah. a way to, it's, it's so clever because you're starting in the morning and then people have a reason to come back in the, in the evening. It's like, great idea. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable doing those in the drawings because I was also comfortable with if it failed in the afternoon, I would just throw it out and start again. All right, all right. But I feel like the paintings, like, um, to do that same process in the painting where you paint, like, a whole head and then kind of wipe out or, mm -hmm. like, kind of go back into it um, would take – it takes – the paintings are such an investment of time. Right, yeah. But I feel like if they failed, then I would really feel like I, I just wasted a lot of time. So the, the paintings I'm a little more precious with about, like, they have to be – very planned out before I yeah and you're not doing you're, you're painting in layers and stuff too you're, you're not doing a lot of a la prima stuff are you no it's it's all like a lot of a lot of um noodling on top of noodling just yeah layer, layer. me too <laughs> i love that stuff yeah me too i love it i love i we love were kind it. of talking at the show it's it's like when you're that kind of like when i first start um, I, I get out the big brushes, you know, and I, I'm like, oh, I'm a painterly painter. Like I pretend like I'm <laughs> right, like blocking in the color when I'm thinking about blocking in the colors and like just kind of laying in the like the kind of the home values of things. Mm -hmm. But th that's the last time that I'm painterly. Everything else is like super noodly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it works for you, though. I mean, you have you have a unique style. It looks your work is recognizable. <clears throat> um, and it looks great. And that's the bottom line. Does it look Thanks. good or not? You know, that's what matters. It took yeah. me years to figure that out. Like I was, <clears throat> I went through a period where I was just, I, my tendency was to do the noodly tight stuff and uh, my natural tendency. And then I, I just, I felt like I didn't, I wasn't doing it right because I wasn't painting loose and all la prima. And so, yeah. so I was really focused on that. And finally I did, you know, it kind of culminated in this painting I did of my dog um, and I felt like I kind of nailed it in a, in a, in a final painting. And then I just kind of went back to what I was doing before, yeah. you know, cause that's how I, that's my natural feeling, you know, that's kind of the way I naturally go. So it's, it's good to, you know, step outside of your comfort zone it, just to know that you can do it. And it, and it, you know, makes you a better painter overall. You know? Sure. And, and, I think, I think in those initial, like, um, um, design, you know, like, well, you probably do this when you, when you start, like when you have the sketch, but then you blow it up and you're kind of like designing on the page where mm -hmm. you're like, okay, I want I know I want to put this on the third and this goes over here. And that, those are kind of your big strokes. Like right. anyway, yeah, and yeah. everything else is just filling in like, however you naturally like to fill everything in. Right. Right. Um, you know, one thing I, I, I really like about your paintings is that they're simple. You know, you don't have like a lot of stuff different things going on there's a central usually from what i've seen there's like a central image or a central character or figure and then you've got like very simple backgrounds and it's all about the um all the focus is completely on the on the character i just like you know who else is like that is gabe is like that gabe leonard and dos diablos yeah. is like that too with these simple simple backgrounds and um i really like that i just i like i like the um i tend to like that i don't know i you know i like it all i like it all i like chris mars who just jams a bunch of stuff into oh, a painting yeah. that's great There's a lot of figures yeah yeah i mean i love that too but i i i i like i really appreciate paintings that have a lot of space in them like that that aren't a lot too, of negative space to yeah kind of yeah not too busy and well i always love when you when you have those um 
those areas that are like so tight and so rendered, I feel like you kind of need a, a spot for the eye to rest where it's like, oh, yeah. this is like kind of the more open area and then you focus back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you also have to like really plan out those. Your, I feel like the your the composition of your painting has to be really solid to get away with um, having areas that are pretty minimal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking back. You've got that skull with the orange background and that woman oh, yeah. with the... <laughs> Those are great, man. Yeah, those are pretty no backgrounds, like, but there's so much going on in the skulls, like that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of the, and I also love in the in the both in the drawings and the paintings, um, doing a lot more like atmosphere, kind of in the background. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, so kind of letting letting things go and letting things be more more rendered. Yeah, um, but I haven't been painting the, like you know I like so I started at 35 and I'm 40 now, and I, I think like when I was 35, I just I would draw, 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 draw. I wasn't even painting in those early couple of years, hmm. and been painting more now but huh. now I, to- I totally want to transition into like um painting painting more full and painting full time mm-hmm. like, would be the the goal yeah yeah you're great your pencil st- stuff's amazing Thanks. um yeah i can see that you have a strong like graphite background but those are those are also um just um effective for like getting something out on social media like at a fairly off- regular clip is because the drawings are a lot faster for me yeah they, yeah. they take like three to six hours and then like i'm through one so, so you post a lot of drawings. <clears throat> I do on your uh, Instagram. I do, and I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Uh, I don't know if you have this, but you have like an urge to to kind of get like post something every day or mm-hmm. post something often because your your that feedback loop is, yeah, is a, yeah. to get. Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to make myself um only be allowed to post if I'm painting something. So that okay. way, it'll get me to paint more. Mm-hmm. But but it's also it's good when you hear from your collectors and stuff too because I. Drew, like drew only for so long that um, I hear now people go, well, I'm, I'm waiting for a painting, waiting for painting, but I don't have, I don't put out enough paintings. Right, like, yeah, yeah. Cause I'm kind of a slow painter. I don't know if you, you were that way as well, but um, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm pretty, uh, I've gotten pretty fast just because I have to, you know, cause I, once, I feel like I would too. If I, if I <laughs> once you go full time and you yeah, have to, yeah, yeah. you'll become a fast painter. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, I mean, I've figured out a lot of techniques to get the paint to dry. You know, if I have to, I can get a layer to dry in an hour, you know, by yeah. putting it in front of a heater using liquid and all that. Well, I'm using, um, I'm using the, the Alkid whites, the Gambling oh, yeah, yeah, that's Fast matte whites yeah, for my white. Yeah. And then my only medium is liquid. So mm-hmm. it, it dries pretty fast. When I do those few hours of painting in the morning, um, I can come back that after that evening oh, yeah. and go right back to it and it's totally dry. Oh, that's cool. That's 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 one benefit of um, painting in the morning. I didn't even think of that. What time? You how, get, how, what were we gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say you you get two sessions in a day yeah, then, instead yeah. of having to wait and come back the next day. That's a good idea. But what? you probably do this too. You you have um, several paintings going at once, so you can yeah. kind of jump around when one's wet, too wet to work into. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I, lately, I've been doing. Um, less medium and less liquid, and sometimes just painting with straight oil. Yeah. Especially for the, the the outer layers, just because you know I'm ta- I'm sort of taking advantage of the fact that I don't have any huge uh, deadlines like a show that has to be the painting has to be ready to go to the framer or the photographer on Friday yeah. or something. And so, um, isn't that weird though? If you're if you have those deadlines, like you're always conscious of like, oh, I got to get this done. Mm-hmm. When you don't put those constraints on yourself, you make work just as fast, if not faster. Yeah, right. You just have fun and you don't think about the... Right, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's so it's I I, I um, have been I don't know I, I I was talking about this early on the first podcast I think that I was going so full speed ahead for like you know maybe seven or eight years just cranking and cranking and cranking and just to, to make a living just to make money basically to make enough to survive on because you know I'm doing this full time that. I decided, you know, I'm going to kill myself if I don't slow down. And so it's like I've been trying to put the brakes on everything. And it's taken me like three years to put the brakes on. That's It's like I was going so fast that yeah. it's taken me three years to finally start to slow down. And uh, and part of that is saying no to more things, you know, not yeah. not not agreeing to uh, to do as many shows and stuff like that. Um, like that Baynard show I tried to get out of. <laughs> he kind of oh. was like, oh, man, he kind of was bummed about it so i'm like all right i'll do it but i, I was really i was trying to do no shows no solo shows this year oh, okay. um, so i'm not going to do one at copro this year because I, yeah. I just i gotta take a break man i just well but you just did the the um the group show like so mm -hmm. yeah you're still well, you're still you're still putting stuff out and being yeah out yeah yeah absolutely absolutely it's just less pressure to do like a whole show yeah yeah because i was doing you know one or two a lot of times i was doing two shows a year which is insane yeah. And and um, for years, so I, I, I'm really just finally getting to a place where I'm not just hustling constantly. It's just too much. Yeah. I'm just getting to this age where I can't deal with it. You find that's a little more a little more balanced then, and you're you're able to focus just on the things that you that you do want to really. Well, focus on. once once the book's done, I'll be there. Once the, dy yeah. the dystopia book, that's the last thing hanging over my head. The last really big project because I can't do. It's like. Wait, listen. You're my dog. Yeah. <laughs> crying in the background. He's crying at the door. Um, I was nervous my cat was going to make noise. <laughs> no, we're an animal-friendly podcast. There's always every episode I think has some dogs <laughs> making noises. <laughs> um, what was I just saying? Oh, there we go. Oh, the dystopia book. Um, yeah, because I I kickstarted that. Yeah. And stop. And. Uh, it's like you know three years late because i got i got so behind on everything yeah stop sorry <laughs> so, you, so you have a kickstarter book that like funded but you you haven't been able to fulfill their rewards for i've like, fulfilled some i've fulfilled yeah. a lot of them but not all yeah. of them and especially a lot of the big ticket items like i've got these painted soft spot heads Mm -hmm. um, full size ones that I have to do. And I've got these, a lot of little busts and stuff that are all cast finally and ready. And the, and some of them are like almost done. And some of them I haven't started painting. Some of them I just barely started painting, but the main thing is the book. And, you know, I've got all the text written. Um, I, it's just a matter of now of organizing the image files and finishing up a few paintings. So, um, I mentioned, actually mentioned this in the, in the intro of the podcast, I think, um, that February, February is going to be all the book, and I'm oh man, if I can get, I just need to get everything to the graphic designer because we've worked together on my other book, so I know her, and yeah, it's just once it's out of my hands, I'm going to feel so much better. So I and once that book is done, it's going to be like a whole new world is going to open up for me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so looking forward to that. Did you? Oh so God. do you have them? Do you have them? Um... Just ship to your house? Like, do you have them drop shipped? Like, they come to your house on a big, like, your, when you get your books in? I don't know because I, my Black Magic book was published by Bain Art. 
Oh, okay. So, and they ended up um, when they closed down their their book publishing company, they sold me the rest of their stock, mm-hmm. and so. Um, yeah, then it did. Yeah, it got shipped to me and on a big pallet, and I had to put everything in my garage. So that's that's exactly what I did too. So it comes <laughs> in like I have them printed in China, which is the the unit cost is low, but the the quality is super super high. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, the, the the only drawback is you have to wait a long time for it to come right. over to China. So when they finally come over, they're on a pallet, and they just yeah, we just wheel it. It goes right into the garage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing. Uh, I'm. I did. I think it was. What's the name of the? It was called Proline. Is that the name of the or Pro something? What's the company you use in China? Uh, Print Ninja. Print Ninja. Now, I was. There's several different ones. Yeah, yeah. There was the one we were using. I think it was Pro. My next door neighbor has a his paint house painting company is called Proline, so I might be getting it confused. It was like Pro something, Um, but I I think I'm gonna go with uh, uh, this place called Kraken Prints. Okay. It's a United States company this time. I'm always looking for a U.S. company, but they're, yeah. they're yeah. Well, Stupakis, um, David Stupakis, um, was telling me that they do really great work, and his book looks really good. Yeah. And their prices were actually really good. And oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, and they didn't require they didn't require huge minimums and. And you won't you won't have that crazy shipping bill from China. Yeah, right. It's it's like it's a little more expensive than the unit cost than China, but um, it'll be cool not having to wait like three months to have them shipped or whatever it takes. And and um, uh, also, it's cool to have them made in the United States. You know, it's like everyone. It's hard to communicate with. You know, you have to kind of have an intermediary that kind of communicates with the Chinese company, the boat company, and. And sending stuff back and proofs and all that stuff, it'll be hopefully a little easier. So I'll let you know how it goes with them. Yeah, Cause, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I think they can, they can. Uh, hopefully, they can match the quality of the. I've got that Black Magic book, so I can just send that to them and say, "Can you match this quality?" Yeah, yeah, now? that's great. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> nice, nice. But yeah, that's that's my my big, you know, thing hanging hanging over my head. So what do you got going on? You know, you got. Group shows, and um, I I took a year off last year. Like I was doing um, a collection of the, the drawings and um, the few paintings they put out through the year in um, the in the in the books, like once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I have so I have three books, but I took last year off. So this year I'm going to do a fourth book that's that same oh, cool. size as my first three. Excellent. Um, because I have a ton more drawings from last year and the new paintings, and then that's going to be the last time I I print a book that's that that size mm-hmm. so that those four can kind of stay together as like, this was the transition from drawing into painting. Oh, cool. And, um, going forward, I want to put out, um, the lar- little bit larger size books, like nine by 12s, eight by tens, like, mm-hmm. of um, painting only like fully, right. fully paint. Cause the idea was always to be a painter, but I just, when I started doing those drawings, they were so popular. Um, it just kind of, ca- I kept feeding into it and drawing every day and drawing, you know, like, and just putting those out and they would sell well. Yeah, and right. I would just keep, I just kept feeding the machine. Yeah. But right. Right. Unless I make the decision to like, no, I need to paint more. Like that yeah. won't happen. So <laughs> I think this, this fourth book that I'll kickstart this year will be the last, um, book of drawings and, and same also book that size. That's cool. Yeah. The books, your books are amazing looking. You can, Thanks. like I said, you can tell you're a graphic designer cause they're really, Super clean and well laid out. And I love doing that cover with just the logo and yeah, nothing. Yeah, I know it's pitching. <laughs> I wanted to do that with the Black Magic book so bad. I just wanted to have the gas mask logo, but yeah, they, they were thinking, you know, in more commercial terms of 
you know, having the image and the title, but I, I think totally. maybe for the, the dystopia book might be, might be like that, you know, simple, simplified. Cause I'm just well, sometimes, sometimes there's a drawback to it. Like, um, oftentimes because there's nothing written on the cover and it just has the logo and it's that, um, like six by nine size. A lot of times people think that if I don't have one laying open on the table, they think of the same book with a different colored same cover book with a different cover, or they think that they're just blank journals. Oh, like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's not I a bad to, idea to make some blank journals actually. No, in like, fact, people have asked me to, to, to for them, but, um, yeah. So it's not a bad idea, but, um, so I always have to like have a couple of them open on the table to encourage people to flip through them. Yeah. How do you do with those books? Because, you know, I I've sold a good amount of books, like through my website, probably I, I was looking, it was like 500 books, but this yeah. is like from 2013 and okay. you know, that's not that much money really. It's like, I don't find that I'm, I, I'm making a ton of money from my books. Are, are you making a decent amount of money from them or is it more? I, yeah. The books do really well for me. Really? Um, and I, now that you have three, I can sell them as a set. How um, much are you charging for them? So they're 35 each. Oh, okay. Um, or people can do two for 50 or all three for 70. So they get a better deal if they, if they buy the, the right. group of together. Um, but I was having like for a time, um, I would go to, I would just, when I was going to a show, I'd just go to the garage grab a book of like a box of each book yeah. and throw it in the, throw it in the car to go to a show and sell it. And then we sell those. And then like, we usually go through the box or maybe there'd be a few left. And so I'd bring hope and open home the, the open boxes and kind of throw them back on the shelf. And I was doing that over and over where I'd only grab a new box every yeah, time I yeah. tried to go to a show. <laughs> and so yesterday I had to go to the garage and like, kind of make a, like a count. And I'm surprised at how few books of each I have left. So oh, that's uh, good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, I've, you know, they, they for I don't know why, but but I, I'm I don't feel like I'm making I'm making way more money from prints and all my other stuff than I am from the books. But um, it's st I still think it's worth even if you don't make a lot of money off the books, it's still worth doing them because it's books are amazing. Art books are so cool. Yeah, you know, I think. I mean, they're definitely what I collect. I, I like yeah, those. yeah, same here. I, I love books, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're also I, great to trade with. Like we traded at uh, right, right. <laughs> like that's my that's such a fun thing is to being able to trade with other artists too. Yeah, yeah. And just having your work in a book is it's 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 a it's a good feeling, and it's yeah. you know it's a it's I don't know it's almost like having a solo show or something. It's legitimizes you in some way, you know, having it printed in a book. Yeah. And it's so fun to just hand that to somebody and be yeah. like, what do you do? This is what I do. Here you go. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, have you had any, uh, a solo show yet? I have not. I'm going to have a two-person show uh -huh. um, at a place called the Pence Gallery in um, Davis, California. Is that, um, is that Mike Pence's it is Vice not President Mike Pence's gallery. No, it's, it's no, it's not the um, like because there's a there's a the Pence Gallery in San Francisco, uh -huh. which is amazing, and um, Carl Dobsky and you know like some amazing painters show there. But it's not the um, it just happens to have the same name, uh, like UC Davis, the University of California Davis. Um, I was talking uh, about the, the the Trump administration uh, oh, Vice President. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I bet they were bummed when. Trump oh, but a lot of people in the area think it's it's the Pence Gallery in, in San Francisco. Uh, okay, but it's <laughs> so it's um, it's more of a like city owned or like kind of funded uh, gallery in Davis, California. Mm -hmm. um, and I've done a few group shows with them, and they've always sold everything I've given them, so they're they're great. And um, cool. I'm doing a, a two person show in November with them. Oh, cool! Who's the but other? But everything else this year is going to be uh, group shows. Yeah, yeah. Who's the other artist? 
Uh, his name is Xavier, and he's um, he's called Built from Sketch on Instagram. Okay. Uh, and I just he was doing some of the same shows that I was doing, and I loved his work. And he actually lives closer to the gallery than I do, so I bugged them to like, hey, you should give you know get get Xavier in some shows. Oh, cool. And so they they did, and then uh, when I was they were pitching the idea of having the two person show, they were like, well, who would you want? And I was like, well, if I can have Xavier be in the show too, then that's that's perfect. So that's cool. So that's in. October, November. November. Okay, that's cool. Do you have a? Uh, are you? Do you have a theme going, or are you just kind of? They, doing... So what I, um, they're less likely to show the creepy stuff there. So um, oh, okay, you got to tell yeah, it down a little so, bit. <laughs> yeah. So what I what I'm actually doing for that show is um, what I call flower girls. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like um, they're figurative. They're women, um, and they're usually like missing a body part, and where the where the um, where they're missing something like flowers are growing. Oh, back. yeah, yeah. That's so cool. it actually is kind of creep, like my creepy, pretty, like aesthetic. It right. just happens to be slightly different, like, and more appealing, I guess, because it's like, it's like pretty on pretty, because it's like flowers and right. <laughs> uh, pretty women, but they happen to be missing. If you look at them, they're actually missing body parts all over. So you're kind of sneaking it in. And sneaking it in there. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm starting to, um, oh, hello? I was yep. hearing a weird. Yep. So I'm sorry. I was hearing a, a weird delay. Sorry, sorry about that. Um, so you got that. You've got group shows. I mean, and your long term plan is to 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 quit the day job at some and point. And paid full time. Yeah. Do, do you have a, a timeline, or are you just kind of going with it and seeing? When, I don't. I'm when tucking it away sustainable. that. No. Yeah. No. I'm just tucking away that fuck you money. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that they just pile up enough in the bank account to where you hit that number that you're like, okay, that's it. That's good. That's great. I wish I had done that because I just, I had nothing. I just went for it and that was crazy, crazy. But, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll happen soon. I, I, Hope so. I imagine because you're, you know, your stuff is, like I said, it's, I, 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 I'm surprised you're not, you know, a millionaire. Oh, because your stuff thanks, is so, thanks, so amazing. You got to work harder. Yeah. <laughs> Get more stuff out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all, um, it's all just marketing for you really. Cause you, you, you've got kind of, how many paintings do you have under your belt? Do you know? At not, this a, point? not a lot, like maybe 10, 12. Like there's That's not, it? I really? haven't, yeah, I haven't done a lot of things. Wow. Um, it's, I guess it's, you've got a lot, a lot more drawings. Yeah. A lot, yeah. a lot of drawings. Hun- like there's probably hundreds of drawings. I mean, cause each book is 200 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's three books out, so it's yeah. There's there's hundreds of drawings, but wow, um, that's pretty amazing. I mean, like literally, that's what I'm saying. Paintings are just are something I need to. I want to switch into full time and and go at them as aggressively as I have been my drawings. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's kind of amazing. I didn't realize it does it. You know, it looks like you've painted a thousand paintings. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think the skills translate, you know, you draw, whether you're drawing or painting, like yeah. it's all like the, the oils were definitely like a bit of a learning curve when I first started doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you get over that hurdle of uh, hand, how to handle the materials to your, your benefit, then, it, um, then it's, then it's easy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can't go back. I started with acrylics. I can't go back cause they dry too fast now for me. Oh, same here. Like cause, uh, Palancar, my college professor, that's all he does is acrylic. And oh, so really? Those aren't the- oils? No, they're Holy little, shit. lots of little, little strokes that build up to make those blends and things. Wow. It's all painting. Yeah. That would drive me nuts. 
Yeah, they're beautiful. Like, yeah, yeah, they are amazing. In person, there's like such a texture, and that's another like people usually comment on my work about the textures and things, and mm-hmm. I think that's that's another that's definitely where that came from is all of John's surface um, noodling and rendering of all the little textures and things. I just love that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a super tight painter, like really, yeah. really, really tight. Um, yeah, I never. It's weird because I never, I never, I didn't for the longest time. I couldn't figure out when I first started painting like what the difference between illustration and fine art was like, I couldn't figure it out because it's, I always saw, you know, stuff like, um, his work or, uh, what's that dude's name? Um, probably Michael Whalen. At the yeah. Same Michael time. Whalen. Yeah. That stuff, stuff I, is beautiful. Yeah. I just always thought of it as great paintings. I never thought of it as illustration. Well, I think there are some of the rare, uh, guys who, um, even though they, it's an illustration job, they pretty much like, made it their own right yeah yeah thing but even those old like pulp novel covers those 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 are so great the paintings are so good those guys from the 50s and uh even the 40s these these old you know you know what i'm talking about yeah those guys were badass painters i mean amazing and they were just considered like illustrators for cheesy book covers yeah because they didn't fit the subject matter or you know, kind right. of whatever the taste of the time was for, for fine art. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's so dumb. Yeah. That's, <laughs> but it's the, the pendulum's totally gone back the yeah, other way. Yeah, I know, I know. Like, so many more things are acceptable. Like, if you look through the LA Art Fair that we just had recently, yeah, yeah. like, there's all kinds of stuff represented, right? Like, right, so, that's true, that's true. I was really excited to see Copro had a, had a, um, a booth there. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's really great. Cool. It's like, yeah, they're like the, you know, probably the only kind of dark art gallery that was uh, at the at that show. Yeah, I think I don't think there was any other. Well, who? I mean, if you if you think of like the ones that are kind of like, there's a, a few little pop ups, but I think of the big ones as like like Paul Booth's gallery. Like oh, was, did he have a did last rights? No, have no, oh, no. Okay. But I mean, in general, in general, if yeah. you dark art galleries like it's you know it's copro and and then paul booth and uh um, dark art emporium yep and hyena gallery yeah those are the only ones i can think of off the top of my head yeah um so i've i've shown it um dark art emporium um but okay i've yet to show it hyena or uh last rites is one of the big ones on my list yeah yeah Paul, paul does amazing stuff there yeah he's great that gallery is super super cool too um, Hyena is great. Bill is super cool as well. Um, and so is a dark art emporium. That place is really cool. The, the way they got it set up, it's really a uh, pretty nice looking gallery. Did yeah. you get a chance to go over for the openings for the dark art emporium? Uh, once in a while. Um, yeah. I'm going to go to, I want to go to David Van Gogh is having, having a show there in a couple months. I want to try and make that, um, I forget the last one I went to. I went there. It might have been a show I was in. <clears throat> but, I, you know, honestly, I don't get to as many shows as I used to, mostly because my car was all fucked up for a couple of years. And But I finally bought a new car, so now I can start start going again. There's just so many shows out here. Yeah. You know, it's hard to make them all. And I'm already a homebody, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, I get to a show and I just want to leave and go paint because I get all inspired, you know. Yeah. That's the, the biggest inspiration for me is to go see great paintings of other artists. Just make... Shut up. Sorry. 
No worries. Hey, yeah, it was. It's great to see. Like when I get a chance to come down to LA, I try to like take advantage of like as many like going to as many things as I can, and like mm-hmm. while I'm there. And I saw that Bill had some of your work on the wall and um, um, yeah. different places, like um, going around. And I just get all excited, you know, because you're like, oh man, like you know, people are embracing the stuff here, and like it's yeah. all. Over. Oh like, yeah, it's seems all over. It's like, never been a better time to to be into this the, the dark art scene. You know, I was mentioning it on a podcast or one or two ago how it's it's almost becoming like cool <clears throat> now and people are wanting to get in that aren't necessarily dark artists and it's it's weird because you know not that long ago when I started there was no scene and, and there was no dark art scene that, that I could find and so um you know I don't want to I, I worry that it's going to become like a I don't know an exclusive scene or something and I don't want it to flip to where we're the people that are on the outside or we're the people on the inside and everyone's on you know what I mean yeah yeah um I you know I think I think it's all good I like it all I just we've been underrepresented for so long that I thought we needed like a little you know some some kind of backup yeah you know so hold on hold on I gotta shut this door this dog he comes in, he pushes his <laughs> way in, he cry, and then he cries, and then he sits, lays down, and then he whines, and then he leaves. Yeah, just being an asshole. <laughs> my, my cat, yeah, my cat does the same thing. She doesn't want anything. She just wants me to be like go wherever she. Yeah, exactly. They just go. Want, want some attention. <laughs> well, <clears throat> we're at about an hour fifteen, so I guess I should cool. let you let you get back to it and. Thanks a lot for coming on. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm a huge fan of your work. Ever and uh, I, I told you I didn't even know about the special effects stuff. I just loved your your paintings. And then when I found out that you worked on Darkman and stuff, oh, too, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing! Like, so that's cool. Yeah, I appreciate it because you know when I when someone who paints as well as you says you're a fan of mine, it makes me think that maybe I don't suck as bad as I think I do. Sometimes you know, um, that imposter syndrome. I still get that imposter syndrome. Every, Everyone has that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's everybody I know has that. I went through like a period where I didn't have it, and I was feeling like, yeah, I can do. I, I know what I'm doing, and then something happened, and now I feel like I have it again. <laughs> just yeah. like within the last month or something. I don't know what it is. I just think everyone, every artist has it. And it just. Doesn't. I don't think it ever goes away. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. But um, what I'll put it in the uh, description. But where, where do people go to check your stuff out? Just uh, um, so my website, stephenrussellblack.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I guess my the biggest place I post to um, all, the, all the time is Instagram. Okay. Uh, I have a Patreon. So uh, Patreon. Oh yeah, Patreon. Russell Black. I support. Um, I support your Patreon. That's yeah, thank great. you. Uh, and I'm trying to do more on there. Video. I want to. I want to do way more video stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You got to get set up with that. And um, <clears throat> yeah. Pick- at it like in a small like some small process mm-hmm. but uh, i definitely want to jump more into doing like documenting more of the um painting process yeah good good yeah you should everyone should support his patreon it's patreon.com slash steven russell black, russell black. And, and pretty much all social media is just my full name uh, okay yeah excellent yeah check his work out you will love it trust me if you haven't seen it you will absolutely love it it's amazing um yeah you're one of my favorite patreons on there i I enjoy getting your updates anyway okay so um thanks for being on it was great it was great talking to you and learning about you and um 
Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. This is episode 99. Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> I've had like three alarms go off and one phone call while I was interviewing you. Um, so anyway, I'm sorry. So no worries. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for coming on and uh, Thank you. don't go away. You don't go away. I always forget to tell. Okay. I always forget to tell people that come on the show. Don't hang up right. stop the recording because it's <laughs> awkward and so sometimes people hang up and it's just like you end the show and then it's like it's weird if you don't talk to them for a second afterwards you know what I right mean? Yeah. So, anyway i'm gonna stop the show now so uh and then i don't go away and i will say goodbye to you so thank you everybody for listening thanks for coming on the show thanks so much Ash. all right and uh thank you all for supporting oh that's right you can support the uh Dark Art Society Patreon, patreon.com slash darkartsociety, and I have a Patreon as well, and it's patreon.com slash jetzar. There's another phone call. Oh my god, everything's falling apart here. Alright, thank you for listening, and I will talk to you all next week. Bye.